Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ tissue and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. And I'm Nyla Schwab. Coming up on this episode, episode 225. We'll have in-house guests that have all come together to tell a story about an amazing little helper angel. And you know what? We breathe every day, all day long. And that's what we're going to be talking about. It's just how our breathing can help us. I was taking a breath. All right, all that and more, guys, right here at The Gifted Life. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to The Gifted Life podcast. And we have a studio full of people. I'm so excited because we are celebrating the life of a hero, Ava Grace. So I'm going to start with Mom. Mom, introduce yourself, please. Hi, my name is Emily Brandstetter, and I am Ava Grace's mom. Who'd you bring with you? I brought Madeline, Ava's older sister. She is 16 now. Big junior. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she was nine whenever Ava passed away. Okay. And so her age, Madeline's age, played a very important role in why, you know, this book was written to help explain mm-hmm. to other children um, the process of organ donation and what that means. Yeah. A little hint there. We are running towards a new book from the we Louisiana are. Organ Procurement Agency um, to help explain donation to children. That's a very important part of it. On your healing journey at a very supportive family, you have one more person to introduce in here. I, my sister, Julie Gregory, is here with me. Hello. <laughs> Ava's aunt here. Uh, the book has been such an inspiration to us. It just portrays Ava, and I feel like it will comfort children, family members um, that may be experiencing a loss like this. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everyone um, coming in here. I don't know if we've had this many people in here. No, this is, we have to rearrange furniture in here. Yeah, but you can feel <laughs> the love for, for Ava Grace, and we wanted to, to honor her memory and to talk about her. We want to get to know her. And because of this story and because of sitting down and working with this mom, uh, we work with volunteers, uh, she asked for another tool. How can we explain donation to children? Uh, we didn't have so many tools in our, in our toolbox, so she helped us to create one which is the book, which we'll be telling you about, which is now available on Amazon. It's called Ava's Wish, the Gifted Life Series. So we hope that you check that out. But uh, we've been talking about Ava. Tell us about Ava. Um, Absolutely. So Ava was the most beautiful little blue-eyed six-year-old girl. She had a very generous um, and helpful heart. She loved to give anything that she had to help others. Um, So it seemed only fitting that during this tragedy, we would find something really beautiful to do, you know, a beautiful outcome to such a tragic ending of her life. And that beautiful outcome was to donate her organs. She was able to save four lives. Um, it was a woman in her 60s, a six-year-old little girl, a teenage girl, and then another woman in her 60s. And um, I also believe that Ava's story has inspired many others and also helped to save other lives along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about your profession, your background. Yes. Uh, When you um, talk about donation and you help others to understand it. Right. You had an understanding about donation before the accident. I'm a registered nurse. Um, I started my nursing career in the medical ICU at Our Lady of the Lake. And that is where I had my firsthand exposure to organ donation. Um, Patients that were brain dead, they would, you know, their families would make the decision to donate their organs. 
And, you know, I never thought that that was something that would affect me, but I was Mm. always very interested in it. After, you know, Ava was in a terrible car accident and we knew that she would not survive. So I prayed about it and God just gave me the answer that donation was what was going to happen for Ava. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we talk about Ava, I know you guys are are close. So um, as her aunt, do you have a a favorite memory or a thought about that sweet girl? There's so many of them. Yeah. She was with us all the time. She was a little mama, basically to my son. You know, she loved him. And she was just so caring to everybody. It just seems every time y'all talk about her, everybody lights up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, She was full of life. And she has a twin sister, Olivia. Um, Olivia could not be with us today, but she wanted to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And and Madeline, you were nine at the time. What do you remember about Ava and want to share? I remember always playing school with her and stuff. Like we'd make our own stuff and play it in the living room. And that was the main thing I remember about yeah. her, just doing that with her. Playing, yeah. Did, did she put you in timeout sometimes? <laughs> um, no. I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> I was wondering if you were the teacher. Oh, no. I think Ava would have been yeah. the teacher. Yeah. She, yeah. she was yeah. like that. She wanted to be a teacher, which was another um, thing that we thought of. You know, she wanted to be a teacher to help children. And this book is going to do that. It's going to help children yeah. and help explain this to children. So we thought wow. that was a nice little twist. And learn and yeah. educate. Uh, we visited with. Uh, you, Emily, here on the podcast before. Uh, it was back in 2017, so episode 64, if you want to check that out, thegiftedlife.org. Um, and that was with Joey Gase. That was great, yeah. And the race car and Ava Grace's name, you know, on that on that car. Um, and that was a different time. So now we're in, in 2023, and that's something we wanted to explore today yeah. um, in a conversation that we had, if you're still comfortable sharing about um, your grief journey Absolutely, and how that has, yeah. has maybe changed and, and navigated. Um, I will say that, you know, it's been seven and a half years now. Um, It's no longer a shock and surprise to me every day. So I have learned to accept it and make peace with it. And, you know, donating her organs is really what gave me a lot of comfort and peace through this. Like when I talk to people in grief, and sometimes if you say, oh, I feel like I've healed, people will be very offended and say, you never heal from this. Right. And then some people say, oh, I feel like I've, I've healed. It's just different. Mm-hmm. What is that for you? I would say, you know, I don't know that you ever heal from it. I think that you, like I said, you learn to make peace with it and yeah. accept it the best that you can, you know. And, and, you know, and for you to be here to share and then you have your, I mean, this is a support system. Mm-hmm. And so for you too, that grief looked different. Mm-hmm. and. To have y'all all here together yeah. because we have family. I mean, it's family. It is. Everybody. It really is, yeah. And, too, now in the grief, I'm less able to focus on the fact that she died and more able to focus on the fact that she lived. Mm. And I That's love um, on social media, you know, we get to, to keep up. But I love the, the memories. I love mm-hmm. looking back when uh, you, Madeline, were, were tea tiny and the matching dresses with the girls yeah. and oh, yeah. and all of that. And so I appreciate you, you sharing that with us. Well, and also, but and we have two other ones that had a totally different experience yeah. with grief. And so as a child being here and as an aunt, what does that look like for y'all? I remember being like very scared. And I just remember it being like, I don't know. I really wanted her to live, and then I was really sad once I found out she couldn't. It was hard to accept. Yeah. And to process. Yeah. And, and now you're older. Yeah, I feel like it's easier, like, I like not that I don't think about her, but, like, it's easier, like, to not think about her. I don't know how to describe it. 
She's always on your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't think about it all day. You're not thinking about it constantly. Like, it doesn't, like, I'm going to cry or get, like, super upset. You, you can remember it. her with the happy memories now yeah. instead of remembering, oh, gosh, there was a terrible wreck. Yeah. I can say that every morning on my way to work, I pass where the accident happened, and mm. I'm able to see the cross from the interstate, and now I'm able to to go past before I would just, like, weep and cry. Mm-hmm. So, Madeline, you know, you were nine. Uh, obviously, part of the book is inspired by what you knew or didn't know. So what did you know about donation, and what was going on with Ava Grace at that time when, when she was— when your mom said yes to donation? I guess I was really confused. Like, I don't really remember, like, talking about the donation part. And then, like, maybe, like, a few months or so later or a few years, like, they started talking about it more. And then, like, like after, like, a few months of them being able to, like, actually, like, donate the organs and stuff, I became more familiar with it. It's a lot to understand as adults. It really is. And so yeah. you are so brave to be here because when they first asked me to come do a podcast, I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> and you look so kind of speaking. That's how we get you, you then for speaking. You because not only job. are you speaking, you're you're talking about something very special and of very course. dear to you. And because of you girls and, and going to your high school, Dutchtown High, that's one of the reasons that they focus on organ donation awareness. So they're going to have an organ donation awareness game. They're going to talk about organ donation facts in school at the game. They allow LOPA to set up at the game. Um, so you guys as a family are doing a great job of, of saving more lives, making life happen, and honoring Ava Grace. We talk about the book. We mention it. We hope that you guys check it out, um, Ava's Wish. So it's written to honor Ava Grace, who became a helper angel at just six years old. So this book will help explain organ donation through the concept of a helper angel to other children, which is a beautiful concept. And we'll talk about those who wrote the book. Uh, But when they were putting the pieces together, talk about that process. Um, You sat down with our amazing friends, our donation champions. um, And and I hope that wasn't a stressful process, but it was a necessary process. They wanted to get to know you and they wanted to get to know Ava and they wanted to put some personal touches mm-hmm. in the piece. I wanted to share with them just the really personal things about her, about how sweet and helpful she was. You know, that was her thing. Every day she was helping someone, giving of herself, sharing. And so it actually wasn't hard to to give them a lot of examples because there were so many of them, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the, the greatest thing is, and, and Julie, I don't know if I ever got to tell you personally and Madeline, but we went out and we said, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to honor this child. We're trying to help this family and we're trying to help other families. We've never written a book before. We don't even know where to start. But when we started talking to people, they said, let, let us help you. They didn't ask for, for money or anything like, let, me, let us give our time and our talents to help make this project because it is so special, which was the greatest gift, right? And so here we are these years later, and we have the book that we hope that you guys check out. But there are those personal uh, touches that were in there. So Madeline, I know that you kind of helped you and your sister and mom got together. Can you share a piece in there that um, you remember that was put into the book? Well, I already talked about the window one, which is the one I remember most. (laughs) 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 But I also remember her like wanting to help with like cooking or dishes or just like helping in general people. She always just wanted to help people. A little helper angel. So I love that that concept. Um, And I know that it was a process to go through. But now that we have this finished product that we can gift to others. Just you as mom, as Ava's mom, um, where are you now with that process? How do you feel about it? I feel like the book is going to be really beneficial for everyone. I'm very proud of it. 
um, and it really means a lot to me. I'm proud of it, too. I want a lot of people to be able to get some help from from the book. But I want to introduce you to people that helped to make this happen. One of the first people that I went to uh, was my partner in crime. Her name is Sam Miller. She's here at LOPA, and she was an integral piece of making this happen. Samantha Miller? Well, I call her Sammy Sam, so I've never like officially used your whole name before, I don't think. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So for a long time, Sam and I were partners in crime. So she was um, donation services coordinator, right, mm-hmm. for a lot of years. I was mm-hmm. in the community, and we would partner uh, to support our families in different ways. And we would try to find, uh, and I don't like the term outside the box, but outside the box, yeah. uh, Thinking, um, you know, what can we do? And so this was one of those projects that we decided we started talking about it and uh, like over coffee, like, what do you think about this? What could we do? And so what what did we come up with one day just out of the blue a couple of years ago, Sam? We said we we're going to. Lori said, do you want to write a book? Wait, say what? <laughs> That's what a I book? said, Joey. I mean, Joey, when you nope. look at us, you see authors, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's It spells authors. The Baton Rouge connection. Uh, so we were just sitting and we were brainstorming. And we said, that's something we don't have because this family, they're trying to explain organ donation to um, the siblings of this little donor hero. Mm-hmm. What what words do you use? How, how do you phrase it to make them understand? Mm-hmm. And so together we were like, man, a, a book mm-hmm. may be a great tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but we were like, we, we hadn't done that before. No. How do you start? That's my question is how do you start? Like I, I can understand yeah. having a great concept, a great idea of, well, let's do a book. Then then what's next? Like, well, that's the same question for, for a long time. And then we just started telling our friends about it because we have very talented friends and we are open. Like we we want you to share your ideas because, man, they, it could be really cool. Right. And so um, I started talking to some of our partners at LSU. Sam started talking to her partners um, that were in the hospital. And um, when people heard about this, like what, what reaction did you get? Everybody was all in just like we were like, how can we help? What can we do? Um, everybody wanted to donate their time and talents. It was really exciting. So man, that was the great thing. But people said, this is such a worthy cause. And, and this family, like we're not asking for money. We just want to spread donation. And we want people to remember this little girl, like her legacy. Mm-hmm. And so people said, I will do it for free. I will give you my time and my talents. I will help you put this project together. And so Sam and I were like, what? Are we really moving towards a book? And then you I had to sell it, it to the bosses, right? Like we were like, what is <laughs> happening. We have this idea, but we have these really amazing people who want to help us. And so we said, okay, so we have folks on board, which we'll introduce you to, who who are going to handle our story. But then, you know, pictures, right? Like your little right. girl, she likes right. pictures in a oh, book, yeah. right? Oh yeah, she loves loves pictures. And so what did we find, Sam? Who did we find? We found some very talented authors. <laughs> <laughs> so we, yeah, we had we had coffee. I mean, I guess this was built around, around coffee, right? And so there was an amazing uh, tattoo artist that was in the oh, community yes. uh, where Ava Grace grew up. Mm-hmm. And um, so we sat down, we said, here's some ideas. And as we started talking about these ideas, he was on paper drawing in front of us yeah my brain doesn't even work that way right right. and he was like are you thinking about something like this and we were like that's it that's that was exactly what was in my head but it was already ready for print like color scheme um concept like when we saw it we were like man and then when we showed it to mom she was like this is exactly the the image imagery that i was thinking that was so crazy but he knew about the story and he says let me help 
He says, you know, I've never done this kind of thing before, but I want to help. Like everybody was just new to Mm -hmm. it and tried to do it. And so we're sitting back and we're like, man, that's pretty cool. So Mm -hmm. what what was your thinking when all this was like starting to come together? I I was blown away. It was such an honor to see everyone coming together and putting their time and talents together. I went and I picked up the drawings and just looking through them, it was like I saw this sweet girl in, in these drawings and her family sharing thoughts about her and her favorite things. And then this artist just putting it together on this piece of paper for us to put in a book. It was so exciting. Yeah. When she picked up the the images, she called and she goes, you just won't believe, like you won't believe it, which was pretty cool. And you'll see that um, in the book. And we're going to tell you how to how to get that. Um, but it was it was pretty cool how it all came together and and the reasoning behind it. Like our goal was just to help families talk about donation to their children. And you ran across that a lot. I did. You know, in my previous role, I supported families through donation. And so I often had conversations about donation with families. um, And when they asked me to speak to siblings or children, you know, you had to find just the right words and you had to do it in such a special way that if I have these conversations so often, I couldn't imagine someone who, who never has these conversations who has to try and have them with children. And and sitting and reading this book and looking through this book um, it does just that. I was actually sitting with my little one. She's four and a half when we were looking through this book. Um, she doesn't read yet, but she enjoys um, looking at a book and telling you what she thinks the story mm-hmm. is. And so we sat a couple of days ago looking through this book and she she's telling me um, these amazing stories that she's or, and describing these pictures on this page. And she stops at a page and she said, Mommy, this is my favorite page. And it's the picture of um, the angel in heaven looking down on the children. And she goes, Mommy, this angel is looking at these kids. And I said, she is. And she goes, this is my favorite page. And I said, tell me why this is your favorite page. And she goes, look, she has a heart. And she's holding a heart. And that means she loves these kids. And she's in heaven and she wants to help these kids. And I said, that is the exact vision we all had trying to create this book. The bridge of talking about death and grief and the the bridge of talking about good and kindness and helping others after death. And that's exactly what my four-year-old picked up, just looking mm-hmm. at the pictures Aww. in this yep. story. It was so special. And it's it's a story based on Ava Grace's life, like the imagery you'll see, because um, we partner it with real-life real photos. And um, and the, the authors, um, which you'll meet in just a minute, um, but they left spaces so that the family could fill in what Ava Grace was, was like. So they have those personal touches woven into it. And so, um, you know, Sam and I are so proud because just a couple of years ago, we, you know, just sat around coffee and said, you know, well, let's... I think we could just pull off a book. Um, it's easy. And it took it took a, a, a group of people, but the making of that book is just as incredible as the book itself. I am very amazed and I can't wait to read it. I've, I've got my two-year-old that I talk about on here every once in a while, Blakely, and she loves books. She loves the illustrations. So I can't wait for that to come out so I can show her and say, you know, look, this these are friends and so that she can meet yeah. the, some of the right. authors of, of the book too. Yeah, quite a legacy. Okay, guys, we're going to bring our donation champions, our lifetime friends, uh, Sadie and Alicia, into this story of the creation of Ava's Wish. So Sadie Wilkes is here. Tell us a little bit about your background. We know that you love Lopa and help us out a lot. 
Hi, Sadie Wilkes. I work with the LSU Manship School. I'm the area head for public relations. I've been a PR practitioner for over 20 years and generally just do PR. And just a good human. We talk about those. We need those in our <laughs> lives. And now I'm going to introduce you to two. So Sadie was one. Up next is Alicia Prather. I've known her for a very long, long time. A very time. long time if we actually uh, sit down and yes. do the math. She's an amazing person who heard what we were trying to do and said, let me help. So tell us about your background. Oh, thank you, Lori. Uh, Alicia Prather. Uh, I am in public relations. I have been for almost 30 years and was honored to cross Sadie's path at some point. I'd say probably a decade ago now. Round, Six degrees of Sadie. This is Exactly. I mean. And so, so Lori and I go back even further than that. But uh, I crossed Sadie's path about a decade ago. And um, it's just an honor that she brought this project into our friendship. We were talking about it at lunch one day because, you know, public relations professionals sit down and have lunch and we talk about things that are going on in the community. And at the time, I was relatively new to Baton Rouge. I'd been here a few years. I'm from South Louisiana, but uh, have lived all over the country and finally came back home to practice. And it was just lucky us, right? I, I hope so. It was an opportunity I I couldn't pass up. I mean, if you want me to dive in, I yeah. I just will. I I Sadie and I were just talking about this. I remember lunch that day. Mm-hmm. She I don't know what I don't know what got us on the topic. That part I can't remember. I I actually Go. met with Lori that morning. Like we had, I'm we the had, coffee person. You're the lunch coffee. person. Yeah. This is how Sadie does yeah. it. So <laughs> yeah. in that transition, I do a lot of well. And what's so lunch. funny? <laughs> as Lori mentioned, you and I know one another from many years of working together back in your days in Lafayette, and so I think that's why it came up because Sadie knew Lori and I knew one another, and she started talking about her morning and how this interesting opportunity, I guess I'll call it, came mm-hmm. into her path that morning. And you, I believe, Lori, you had shared some some pictures mm-hmm. and some of Ava's drawings and things like that with Sadie. And it, it made such an impression on Sadie that she opened her laptop at lunch and we started looking Aww. at them. And she, I was like, send those to me right now. And so I opened them on mine. So we're literally sitting there at that classic lunch where <laughs> neither of us yeah. is looking at each other. We're just looking at our laptops. And there was something about it, I think, in that moment that spoke to both of us. And so I just was like, tell me more. Yeah. Tell me how breakfast went. Well, so, well, I just want to ask, um, have you ever written a book before? No, no. <laughs> neither of us are, like, are big no's. We, yeah. and, and, and so we had never done that either. And so Sam and I were like, well, who do we know? And we, we knew you guys. And, but we just started from scratch. Like we really had to build this up yeah. from the ground up. right? So at coffee, um, Lori was telling me all about the project, all about Ava. I and, said, I have an idea. Yeah. And she's like, I have this idea. <laughs> and she's like, I need you to help me find the right person to take this challenge on. And honestly, I walked away from that with like, I don't know anybody. I mean, I've known a few people who wrote children's books, but so I started kind of going through my my Rolodex, you know, that's in my head is, OK, who could I reach out to? Because I, I love these types of projects. Like I'm mm-hmm. a nonprofit communicator. That's my background. So like connecting people with good causes and issues has always been a a goal of mine so say good humans yeah so mm-hmm. so we were talking about it and so it was just on my mind and so i transitioned from coffee to lunch with alicia and so it was clearly still <laughs> on my mind and we were chatting about it and so the more we talked about it like she's like oh well like what about this approach like it's almost as it, if you know it's I, like we started working on it right there i mean it it I hate to use this. It sounds trite but it's so true it was almost a god thing like i could see that i could see the story in my head and i said sadie I think mm. I see this. Mm. Yeah. And then she's like, wait a minute. I think I see it, too, because we started talking about ideas that could come because I was like this this sweet child who 
just from the few pieces of mm. art and writing that we had and pictures that we had, I mean, she wears her personality on her mm -hmm, expression mm -hmm. and on her sleeve. And as communicators, whether we've we've never met Ava, we never had that opportunity. But as communicators, you see her face and it says so much. And I was like, we can do this. I think we can do this. And you right. did. We and tried. I said, we could at least try. <laughs> we can try. And that's a, that was kind of what we talked about. We were like, hey, we, we see this story. And as professional communicators, my job is not to, you know, embellish or kind of like fill in gaps. Like she had such a great story and it was our job to help tell that story. Yeah. And so we both approach communications, I think, from that standpoint, mm -hmm. like, let me share a good story. I'm, I'm here to just logistically help make it happen. And yeah. so that's kind of where we how we started off in that approach. And so I think we just kind of said, like, hey, like, we're halfway there right yeah. now. Yeah. So let's what do this. What more can we do? Yeah. And so I'm, we just we we did the process that she and I would do for any sort of public relations project. I mean, it, it the, the practice teaches us mm -hmm. well that we have to research. We have to you know, gather information. We have to analyze it. We have to look at it. So it's such an ingrained process mm -hmm. in both of us as communicators that I think that's kind of what we did without knowing it. Yeah. And so we walked yeah. away for a little bit and then we kept talking. And I think at that point, we probably saw we or talked committed. to another like twice a week <laughs> until we had a working draft. I know it was, it was fun. Like, here's what we have so far. And they said, we're going to do a helper angel concept. And I just fell in love with that. So where did that come from oh, gosh I don't even know I think it was just one of those moments where it, it's it's all that Ava did and all that we had photographic evidence of and writings of and stories from her family mm -hmm. everything was about helping others mm -hmm. it was the common denominator among all of the pieces of the puzzle and that was the piece that stuck with us and I think that Angel came from Sadie and I thinking about okay obviously this needs to be a, a book for young children you know and we we reached it we mutually agreed on five years old, I think, only because it was a it was an age familiar to me because my mom taught pre-K for 30 years. She mom taught five year olds too, for yeah. 30 years. And we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, my mom yeah. came into this piece, too. Um, and so it was a it was a voice that was familiar to me because I had worked with mom all these years and mm -hmm. I listened to how she talks to kids and how she approaches this. So once we settled on that, I think the creative writing piece was definitely new to me you know we knew Ava's yeah. story but how to adapt it to um, a piece of fiction was mm -hmm. was hard yet tell her story respectfully and honor her at the same time um that was the challenge and I think we we it took us a while to get that right I hope we got that right I hope we we yeah. served her memory well because and, and that was definitely something we talked about yes. um we told Lori you know we've never done this before um, we knew and we had learned as much as we could about Ava and her family. And so even scrolling social media, yeah, like, like, we, we did, we did all of that and news stories. Yeah. yeah. And so we were like, OK, if the family, if mom and the sisters, like if they're looking at this and they don't see Ava, then we're not doing we're job. not doing mm -hmm. our job. So like give it back to us so that we can make that work. Yeah. Right. Like because we didn't want to have ownership. It's not our story. Mm -hmm. It's her story. So yeah. how do we tell her story? So well, that I was, saw mom. Looking at the the book, and I think I think you got a, a thumbs up, that okay? mom. Yeah, um, let's talk about. So I had coffee with Sadie. Sadie brought uh, Alicia in, and we needed some more help. We needed to like bring this 
to life, right, uh, with pictures, and then we needed to map it out for printing and all of that. So um, Tegan, I think, uh, is a big piece of this oh, story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had heard about Ava Grace. He's a tattoo artist, and he just wanted to take part. And the way his brain sees things is incredible. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. So we were talking about these concepts and over what were we having coffee again? We had coffee again. We really need to again. expand <laughs> what we do. <laughs> we uh, but but at a little coffee table as he was drawing and we, these these were incredible. Like they were ready to go. Like we were like this is printable stuff at that moment. But just what a talent! It was one of the most memorable parts of this process for me. I mean, I said yes to coffee to Lori and Sadie, and not knowing even who all was going to be there at that point, and. To meet Tegan and to see his work, the coolest thing to me is that Ava's story has been brought to life by a tattoo artist who is just such a gifted artist mm-hmm. in his own right. Well, a good heart. Oof. With with the most amazing heart. And the best is that he knew Ava mm-hmm. and he knew her family. And, and so wanted it, to help. And, and wanted to help. Yeah. And it doesn't get more personal than that. Yeah. It doesn't get more real. And his every time I look at his drawings, I, I not only see him, but... I, I hear him, how he talked about Ava at that mm-hmm, coffee mm-hmm. and the family. He just, the love was there. And I think you see it in his artwork. And then the cover, if you uh, go to Amazon, search for Ava's Wish, The Gifted Life, um, you'll see the cover photo, which to me, um, it was from a real life photo mm-hmm. of Ava. And it's just, I just love it. It's just one, one of my one of my favorites. Um, Nyla, you're thumbing through it. You like these images? Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I never think I've loved the conversation yes. because I'm so in like and just <laughs> it's just so much. It right? draws you in because yeah. there's a picture of Ava blowing. Um, what do you call it with the little when you blow the little wish flowers? Yeah, the little, little wish flower. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I remember this at, at coffee because he said, "I'll just do this," and then Sam says, "Well, what if it goes into like." A heart, and he mm-hmm. says, "Well, that'll be on the next page." It goes into. We were like, "He wow. just saw it. Just, he, yeah. It was all right there." For and they him. and they knew the story, and they just wanted to help this mom tell this story. Um, but then we had to have more help, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so talk about mom coming in. Talk about oh, gosh. your well, other yeah, connection so I'll, I'll to lay out the branches. The book. Um, yeah. I think at some point, and with Lori's input, Sadie and I knew we had at least a, a solid draft. Yeah, but nobody else had seen it except the three of us, mm-hmm. as I recall. And um, Sadie and I knew we needed to bring in some pairs of eyes who understood how to speak to children Um, because Sadie and I, you know, Sadie has children. I do not. We we both have family that we work with all the time, but it's not it's not the same Mm -hmm. as truly working with kids on a one to one basis. So uh, I called my mom (laughs) who taught pre-K in Acadia Parish for more than 30 years, uh, a beloved kindergarten teacher and pre-K teacher. And I asked her if she'd read it. I don't even know at that point if I'd told her I wrote a book or, or that we, Sadie and I had written a book. I don't, I don't think, think so. I had. Yeah, I think I, I had to so. do all things at once. Be like, Mom, so Sadie and I took a took a stab at writing this book to honor the most precious heart, um, Ava Grace, and would you read it? And so I didn't bother her. I just kind of, I can't email it. I had to print it out. Yeah, I had to yeah. put it in the mail, send it to Mom. <laughs> so I let it go for a couple of weeks, and I called her. I remember this. I called her on a Friday. And uh, I said, hey, do you have a second? Do you want to talk about the book? And she's like, I need to be in a place. I don't know that I can talk about this right now. Oh, She's like, Alicia, it touched my heart. Oh, um, But she had several edits. <laughs> I was going to say, also, mom, you know, was very so, adamant about some things that we needed to address. Oh, she was very adamant. <laughs> she said, you know, these are some words you would not use. 
when talking to five-year-olds. Um, her guidance was invaluable because I hadn't really thought about it that mm -hmm. way. We were just using words that seemed that level to us, but yeah. truly weren't until we had her insight. Mm -hmm. So I, I think her feedback made the book so much better on, on an empathetic and relatable mm -hmm. level. At least I hope so. I hope kids think mm -hmm. that they grasp the concepts. My older son was about eight at the time. Um, and I used him as kind of like my focus group, Same, like Mike. focus group of one. <laughs> Our kids were there too. <laughs> yeah. So I would kind of put it in front of him and then ask him questions like, did you understand what happened? You know, did, mm -hmm. did you feel like, did you under, understand and feel what was going on? And he did like, um, he, he had, he had a few things that he, mm -hmm. you know, gave me feedback on too, but, um, I really just wanted to see, like, can you tell me the story, like, mm -hmm. since when, once you read the book? Um, and he liked, I think, some of the pieces at the end where we showed her artwork, mm -hmm. right? And those were the pieces that yeah. when we talked about writing the book from the beginning, we we're like, this has to be about Ava and it has to be showing her. Like, we wrote this story, but we also wanted to show real pieces of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you can see the some of the pieces in there or like some of her artwork or infused into the book but also at the end we had these kind of things that you can use to help talk to your your uh, young people about the situation right so like yeah. there's some like diary journaling some advice some resources so we wanted to make sure that those were all there and our family services department um libby had a chance to look at it and she said you know i think it she goes i love it and she goes, I think there needs to be space for them to talk about their hero, mm -hmm. which added yeah. those pages that to the page. back of the book. Yeah. But when my kids um, read it, um, it sparked these conversations. Mm -hmm. And so now when they talk about donor heroes, if they hear something going on or something on the news, um, they said, oh, that's a, a helper angel. Mm -hmm. So it really started a new conversation. And for me, it was a good exercise because we know about donation. We talk about it. Uh, but these were folks... Um, who knew a little bit about donation. They were they were pro-donation. Uh, but then we said, hey, can you take on this task of talking about donation to children? And how would you do that, someone mm -hmm. on the outside? So um, it was a pretty incredible story. I said the story itself is great, but the people who made it possible, mm -hmm. that story is pretty incredible. So um, yeah, now that you guys One know, more mention, yeah. if you don't mind. We would be remiss if we didn't thank the graphic artist. Okay, who, so let me tell you, who gave yes, up her girl, time yes, thank to you. <laughs> do this. Um, I work at um, an issues management firm in Baton Rouge, and our graphic artist in house, Elizabeth Perry, who is a dynamo uh, on the Baton Rouge graphic scene and has been for years. Um, I, I told her yeah. about what I was doing. And she immediately offered to help because we could not have done this without her. None of us are graphic artists by right, trade. Right. But we had Tegan's great artwork. Yeah. And we just needed someone to help us sew the pieces together. And she said yes without hesitancy. And I can't thank her enough because goodness knows we went back and forth several times, several rounds of edits, several said, layout please edits. Please let us pay you because by this time, because we and she had said never no published the whole time. before. And so yeah. a great thanks to Elizabeth Barry. We wouldn't be here with a book in our hand without her. And not to mention your team, exactly, who worked with Kirsten Elizabeth Hines, to set this up. Lopa team who who helped us along the way. You guys have heard me talk about this oh, it's for been years fun that it's hearing. finally here. Uh, now that you know the story, yeah. thoughts? I can't wait to purchase it and and read it to Blakely. Obviously, mm -hmm. I've got a a three year old. Well, she's two, turning three tomorrow. But we, you know, she loves when uh, at night. Generally, that's our thing. We she she pulls two or three books, and then and then I read them. And then recently, we've been getting more 
of books about donation, and she loves those especially. I think the artwork, too, kind of catches her eyes, so I can't wait it's to great. see how it's she reacts piece. there. And I think I look at this, and I, and I look forward to working with families and sharing this story because it gives the connection for a family to understand that another family has walked this journey before them and that they have this book to share with their children. I've been at the bedside with families, and sometimes you watch the children and there's so much going on. And, it, you know, parents can be at a loss. The children are at a loss. And to be honest, Lori speaks so beautifully. But when you join LOPA, sometimes you don't even know what you're really joining. I mean, it takes a, it takes a while for us adults to figure out organ donation so that y'all are able to capture this and put it in a book for children to understand is so valuable for families and the children and the generations to come. So thank you. I think Ava's been up there helping. Oh, oh she's she's been, yes, I, moving uh, the pieces. I mean, no, for Shady gosh. and I have talked about that. I like to think that maybe Ava chose us. Yeah, because we definitely felt um, her guiding us as we wrote. Not to mention her family's amazing input. Yeah. I mean, we wanted this to be Ava's story. There's this sweet picture of her in the in the back, and she's got her little hands up against, I guess, a whiteboard. Maybe and it's got little hearts like she's holding them. And I just think that's that's just beautiful because when that's you look at pictures, one, the pictures so of Ava and then you look at the artwork and you're like, that's Ava. Yeah. Uh, can't thank you, ladies, enough. Countless hours. Uh, I don't even know. We're, we're, we can't even talk about that part <laughs> because there were so many. Uh, but your time, your talents for taking on uh, this and not sure where it was going to go for sticking with us, uh, for making this a reality, not only for Lopa, but for Ava Grace's family. I mean, that's a gift. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Ditto what Sadie said. We we were honored. It was our honor, truly. So we're calling it the Gifted Life Series. Our hope is to grow this and tell more stories now that we are experts, right? <laughs> <laughs> now that we got one under our belt, but we also hope to get this book in the hands of those who uh, deal with families who have children and explain donation and the concept of a helper angel to them. So uh, we have lots of big plans still in the works. Uh, so if you guys are with us, thank you. that time time to take a moment for mental health <laughs> oh i don't know about that, that type of breathing is that what we're doing here <laughs> breathe yes kind of um has, have you ever been in a situation where somebody says you're you're upset and they'll be like just breathe mm-hmm. breathe yep. i don't like when they say calm down that right. kind of gets me right angry. and people get right. upset when you say breathe but there's a point to it and the thing is breathing can really be the technique that we use but there's a difference between breath work and mindfulness and meditation. So mindfulness and meditation, there's this guy named Dr. Mark Travers who gives a great metaphor. And he says a TV, like if you have a TV and you're a calm viewer, so you're just watching the TV and you change channels, you watch a scary show, you watch a happy show, you click to a, I don't know, news, but you're just watching it. And that's kind of mindfulness metaphor. I mean, uh, meditation. And then the clicker, which we still all have a clicker, it can really fine tune your emotions. That's breath work. So breath work is intentional breathing exercises. And the things it can do is it it can reduce your stress, improve your mental health, um, improve your physical health, and it promotes relaxation. Before I have to give a big talk, if I'm nervous and that heart's pumping, boom, yes. boom, boom. Oh Look, that's... Breathe in, breathe out. 
One thing you can do is breathe in and get a straw. Not one of those tiny stir straws that I've seen you use in some of your presentations. For like if you you need a lung and you can't breathe through it. But if you just get a regular straw, right? And you breathe in and then you just six breaths and you push it through the straw. That can kind of tap into your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And if you think that's your the state that you're in that just says relax, Mm -hmm. you can eat, you can digest, you know, this safe. That's where we want to go to. So breathing is really um, techniques, but you can't do it on demand if you've never practiced it. Mm-hmm. So when I go home tonight, I'm just going to yell at my wife, relax, Ashley, you need to just breathe. Yes, like that's, that's not going to work, um, Joey. No, it's I'm not, not going to work. I wouldn't like recommend that. But I would recommend if like if 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 my I don't know. If somebody's upset and they, they're they hysterical, I mean, to say, look, I'm going to get you to take in a really deep breath. But I want you to like slowly breathe out because mm-hmm. we are going to try to like bring your heart rate down. We're going to try to bring some of that anger down because you are not thinking you're mm-hmm. in the lizard brain yeah. and we want to get you back to the prefrontal cortex. I'm not going to tell them that. Oh, but, I was like, I, I can't go on. I, uh, I try no. to distract them. I talk about uh, uh, other things. You can, <laughs> but you could say, look, I'm going to help you. We're going to breathe right now. But the only reason is I need you to be in your thinking brain not lizard brain let's take a deep breath <laughs> right <laughs> but um, that would make me laugh and i'd probably mm-hmm. and you, be, you, yeah. yeah you'd be a little distracted yeah. but there's different ways you can breathe to slow yourself down mm-hmm. or in the mornings when you're trying to wake up and you're exhausted or you've been on call all night joey yep you're making that, me want to yawn now yeah <laughs> yeah you need some energy you're fatigued yep. then there's just different Get, techniques getting that oxygen in the brain Belly breath. So you're going to breathe in. You're going to try to fill your belly up. And you're going to try to do that five times, but you're going to do it slowly. Five breath, I mean, five counts in. But your belly, see how you lift your shoulders when you breathe? You shouldn't do that. All right. So not if you're trying to. making you nervous that she's watching you so closely. Boy, I'll watch you too. (laughs) Breathe in. Fill your belly. Uh, See, you're lifting your shoulders. Just push your belly. It's it's your belly. Just relax. Joey, I didn't learn from you. Calm down, Lori. Breathe, guys. Breathe. I feel much better now, Joe. Thank you. Thank <laughs> but you. But anyway, there's lots of techniques out there. But I think it's something that if, again, intentionality, if you are thinking about your breath, the more you practice and think about it and do it, then when you really are in a heightened state or you're in an angry or a nervous state, then you can you can catch yourself, go back to your breath. And even if you don't get it right or you don't know what technique you're using, just breathe a little bit and slow yourself down because all you're doing is pausing Mm -hmm. and removing yourself from that moment. So then you can actually Mm self-regulate. At our time listening, trying to breathe in my belly. Let's try it. It is. I know. Practice it. But when I was listening to everybody talk. But I'm calmer now. I don't think it's what Joey said. I think it's what you said. See, Nihilus calming. Maybe you have a topic. Are you breathing? Are you breathing? breathing? Okay. Maybe you have a topic you'd like us to cover here at The Gifted Life. All you have to do is email us, info at thegiftedlife.org. In our question and answer segment, this uh, question comes from one of our listeners. And this one goes to both of you guys, since you guys work with families and volunteers. What is a good way to honor my donor? What options do I have through LOPA or my local OPO. Oh, I'm excited to answer that question. That's okay. A great question. Yeah. So we do have ways to honor your hero. And we have um, call family services, and we'd be happy to share those and, and work with you. So we have our website, which is lopa.org, and we have our hero section um, that you can share your your hero's story and their picture. We also have a quilt that's goes statewide um, with a picture of your hero. And we have people who take 
T-shirts, all sorts of different ways to make your quilt. Yeah, and we put them together with the other hero stories yeah. to make a beautiful quilt mm-hmm. that, that goes around the state just so people can see those stories. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have um, we have other ways, but Lori, you go. Well, just in my head, there's there's so many ways. And um, so I work with our, our volunteers and everybody's different, right? Like not everybody likes to speak. Not everybody um, has this talent, but they have this talent. And so we try to focus on that in our community education field. Um, so we have one family who decided to pass legislation that says, in honor of our hero, everyone must learn about donation before you graduate high school. That's pretty cool. Mm. You heard today about the book. Um, so this registered nurse, she says, I'm not really comfortable public speaking. Um, but I, I just think we need a tool um, to help others learn about donation, um, children learn about donation. So we went the way of the book. We have somebody who did a, a memorial garden, which was pretty cool at their home. We have some who started their own podcasts. Uh, we have some who just use social media and share memories and talk about them. So there's so many ways to honor your hero. There's no right or wrong way, um, but it's just the way that you're most comfortable with. Um, and, and are simply volunteering with us at a health fair mm-hmm. or coming to tell your story or your hero story um, in, in many areas like schools, churches, temples, wherever we're invited and, and come along. Well, you know, and we also have events through LOPA, which are um, the Tree of Light, where we honor our heroes. We have um, Facebook live events. So there's just so many different ways that I think one way is to stay current with us on our Facebook pages uh, in our local areas around the state. And then if you're a donor family, being on our um, our peer-to-peer support group on yeah. Facebook. So LOPA.org, that's where you can see our calendar of events, things that are coming up. Uh, but the one thing that I love is that um, these families talking to each other, it spurs new ideas and who knows Mm -hmm. what's going to come next. So maybe we haven't even thought of a new way and maybe that's where you come in. Everybody uh, can make a difference and and do great things. And maybe that's you. So, and we do honor a hero every podcast. Yep. And we'll be doing that here soon on the gifted life. Maybe you have a question for us here at the gifted life. Give us a call 504-648-3477. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. And today's hero is Ava Grace Branstetter. And we learn about Ava Grace from her mom. The first day of summer for my sweet girl, Ava Grace, was on May 26, 2016. On this particular morning, she woke up extra early and snuck up to the front of the house as I got dressed for work. I held her sweet face in my hands and told her how very much I loved her and how proud I was of her. Ava Grace was a beautiful child. She was one of a kind. Her heart was made of gold and more generous than any six-year-old child I know. She was a free spirit. She was smart, kind, helpful, brave, generous, and silly. I knew many years ago that I would be an organ donor, but I never in a million years imagined I would make that decision for my six-year-old daughter that had been so full of life just before the tragic accident. She would never breathe on her own again. She would never walk, talk, open her eyes, laugh, smile, or do anything again. So I made the choice to give life through her death. We pause and say thank you to Ava Grace for the gift of life. That is going to do it for episode 225 of The Gifted Life. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, you can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime. Registerme.org. What an episode. Mm-hmm. What a crew, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing Special people. Thanks. That was fun yeah. having so many people in here. It was. So, so much thanks to everyone who, who came here and everyone that made 
Ava Grace's story happen and, and, and told her story so beautifully in the book. Uh, I, I can't wait to get it. Again, I said, you know, I, I've already got mine uh, waiting for me on Amazon, so I'll be getting mine you know, soon so I can share with Blakely. But uh, but it was it was such a, a beautiful podcast. Yeah. Honoring Ava Grace. Uh, the book is called Ava's Wish, the Gifted Life series. It's on Amazon now. So we hope that you get your copy and we hope that you help us by spreading the word. You can find us here at The Gifted Life on our website, thegiftedlife.org. Listen there and find links to listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. It really helps others to find us. And on social media, you can like our page on Facebook, The Gifted Life Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Gifted Life Pod. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We hope that you share this podcast. And our other ask is that you go out and do something you would normally do to help us make life happen. We're one big team. Until next time. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Nyla Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Carraway. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.